You may have heard the phrase that in order to get better answers, you need to ask better questions. But what are the questions that you should ask in order to get those better answers? There's going to be a couple times in life where you get to meet either high net worth individuals or people that you want to connect with or network with. And positioning and framing yourself in the best way possible is going to establish you not as a fan who's trying to get an autograph, but instead of someone who can help them and can interact with them on an ongoing basis. So in this episode, this was a live coaching session with our group of private clients where we dive into exactly what you can say and how to maximize new opportunity when you get to meet someone that you want to network with and set yourself up for success. Let's dive right in. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. And on today's live uh, coaching call, we're going to be talking about clarity. If you've heard the phrase that the quality of the answers you get are dependent on the quality of questions that you ask, nothing could be more true. I've, I've found that when people are searching for a specific answer, but they haven't thought through the question, it's almost like telling Google Maps to send you to a destination, but not really telling them where you want to go. You're just saying, hey, surprise me. So in today's talk, we're going to be talking about clarity and asking really good questions. And then as an example of finding clarity through asking good questions through a specific format and a framework that I'm, I'm going to provide to you today, I want a couple of you guys to jump on live here and to practice this, jump out in boldness. Often when you are asking a question, there's dozens, sometimes hundreds or thousands of other people who have the exact same questions. So this is an opportunity for you to ask anything that you want, and I'll give you my, my best answer. So when it comes down to asking good questions, this seems very basic. It seems very maybe pedantic, but I can tell you that there's an exercise that really will help you to determine the worth and the value of the questions that you ask when you have the opportunity. Here's the exercise. Imagine that you are meeting, if you can think in your mind, of celebrity or a superstar or someone extremely influential and you went up, you got to meet them. You're not having dinner or anything. It's a passing by type of conversation. You have the opportunity to ask one question. My question to you is, would you be prepared with the question that you want to ask? And two, would you be satisfied that the question that you asked was what you really wanted to know? Number one, would you be prepared and would you be satisfied that you asked the question that you really intended to ask. I remember meeting Vince Vaughn actually at a show in Branson. He was just randomly there. The guy's super nice and super tall. And so he stood up from the rest. And so everyone was kind of crowding around him. And what I noticed, what was really interesting, and I watched this kind of from afar, all these people started just asking him like really dumb questions. Like, hey, what did you think of the show? Or what? all these things that don't really matter. And so he just finds himself scuffling away from the conversations and trying to just get out of the crowd because it's just frankly a lot of dumb questions. Whereas if you were able to ask a single question to Gary Vaynerchuk or Elon Musk or Richard Branson, and you got one shot to ask them something that was meaningful and could even potentially give you opportunity in the future, what types of questions would you ask? So I'm going to give you a, a slight framework here for when you have an opportunity to ask a question, right? And often your vicinity to people who are holding themselves to a higher normalized standard 
you're going to get those opportunities more and more often. And when you get those chances to ask a question, it often can lead to a rapid increase in momentum and clarity. So this is how I like to think about asking questions to ensure that the person that you want the advice or the answer from to give you the very best answer possible. Okay. It's essentially this three process question. So number one, I, I want to start with a, a preface of saying this. Anytime that you have an opportunity to, to speak with someone who's doing what you want to be doing, or you see them as very influential, or you're, you're following their lead in certain dispositions, the worst thing you can do is to say, hey, can I pull your ear? Or, hey, can I take you out to coffee and, and ask you some questions? Or, hey, let me take you out to lunch. And people have done that a lot, even with me. And although I'm by no stretch the influencer type, I would say that even when I get those questions fairly regularly, it's it's more of a slam. It's more of it's actually a little bit offensive more than it is like, oh, here's this great opportunity for a free lunch, right? It's effectively saying, hey, what almost inevitably turns into a half an hour or hour long strategy session or consultation over an hour is worth more than a $6 coffee, right? Or a $12 sandwich, right? So asking someone for that advice in exchange for some type of a lunch is not the way to go about it, right? In many cases, when, what you can do is instead of saying, hey, can you help me with something? One of the better ways to say is, hey, can I get your advice? Almost anyone is willing to give you advice provided that it's not going to soak up most of their day, right? So the frame and the context of your questions matters. So if you're to say, hey, say you were doing it for me, hey, Jordo, can I get your advice? I'd be like, hey, sure. It's a quick question. And I'm an open book. That's fine, right? So you've already started the frame by going to someone and say, hey, Gary V, can I get your advice? You'd be like, shoot, go for it. Instead of, hey, can we book this call? Can we go out to lunch? And if you've done that, I would just say, don't do that anymore. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve them. And there are better ways to go about doing it, right? In fact, a better way to get lunch or a meeting with someone is to serve their pants off first. You with me? If someone came to me and they literally solved a problem for me or made my life easier, there's this law of reciprocity that I would feel a propensity to want to give back to that person. When someone has scratched my back multiple times, solved a problem and done something to help me, it establishes a giving relationship instead of a taking relationship first. So step one, the frame of your questions, when you get these opportunities, and I promise you this, the longer that you stay in your particular niche or in your market or go to conferences and you're networking, I promise you, you're going to get these opportunities. I promise you, you will. Where you're passing by someone and you're like, holy cow, it's this person. Or uh, they say, hey, do you want to meet this person? And they pull you over to meet them. Or you have a VIP pass or whatever those things are. The frame by which you approach that person is huge. And here's the thing. Do you think that, let's, I'm taking Gary V as an example. If you went up to Gary V and you said, hey, I've promoted all of your products already. I've bought all of your products. Do you mind if you just give me a little piece of advice? The first thing he's going to do is be like, absolutely. What can I do for you? Absolutely. What can I do for you? Almost anyone on the planet, if you have bought their stuff, right? That's one of the fastest ways to extract their value and to get into their brain. Almost all of these major influencers have books that they spill all of their secrets in their books because they want to give they're always giving, you know, continually. And by the way, in the same way that money wants to be around more money in terms of investing, do you recognize that givers also want to be around other givers? Someone is continually being taken from, right? They're always being asked for like, hey, can you give me this? I need this help. Come help me over here. Come do lunch with me. And it's like, oh, it's just such a drain to continually give. 
what if you gave back, not gave back, just gave so that they can give back to you? That frame is so powerful. And you literally create a synapse connection in their brain. This is absolute biology that you create a relationship and a synapse connection in their brain that you are a giver and they will remember your name. They'll remember your face. They'll remember what you're all about. And when you've done something ahead of time to solve one of their, their problems or serve them in some way, promote their stuff, buy their courses or products or consultations, or you've done something to benefit them first, they're a thousand times more likely to give you something that will truly benefit you as well. Even people who are highfalutin up there, right? Like making sure that they, you're not really even a fan of them. Do you guys understand that there's a difference between a colleague and a fan? You go up to Michael Jordan and you say, hey, I've been a fan of yours for life. He's like, yeah, well, you and 10 million other people, you're not unique as a fan. You're not unique as a follower. You're unique as a colleague, as an associate, as someone who has helped that person to grow. When one of our top affiliates comes to me and says, and I know who they are, right? I'm aware because they've been doing certain things to promote our products or help us in certain way. I almost bend over backwards to help them with whatever they need. In certain cases, I give them jobs. If they come and they want to join the team, someone who has promoted and been excited about what we're doing, that they are giving, 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 giving. And let me tell you this, and I'll, I'll leave this first stanza up first, is I remember one of my first digital marketing gigs, I worked for free. It was some type of profit share type of thing but I was really good at making videos and writing copy and those types of things. And so this, this company brought me on and, and I was like, Hey, I just want to be part of what you guys are doing. I want to help you. Let me build this entire thing for you. This entire thing. And they're like, Oh man, this would have cost us $40,000 to go out and build this video series. I was like, look, I'll just do it for you and take it off of your plate. Would that be okay? Of course it's okay. Like, come on in, come do it. So for three months I was working and that ended up creating a client for about a year and a half at about twenty to $30,000 a month for one client, right? Because I overserved first. And it's the same, same thing in terms of lead generation that when you guys are generating leads in your business, that whoever strikes first wins. When you are giving leads value first, there is this, this law of reciprocity that they're going to want to give back to you, which is why when you give a freebie or lead magnet or those types of things, there's a propensity for people to want to buy your stuff, not necessarily even by consuming that value because about 80% of lead magnets are not even read. About 70% of courses are not even logged into, right? It's not about that. It's about this giving mentality that all of humanity has. So rule number one, the frame that you want to have in terms of anytime you have the opportunity to extract value from someone is to have the giver frame. Number one, have the giver frame. You cannot lose in the giver frame, period. There might be times where they're having a bad day and you come do this and, and maybe, maybe they don't answer your question or, or help you or scratch your back in certain ways. But I always think before any, any time that I want to connect or network with somebody, I have to ask myself this question, how much value have I given to them first? How many problems have I solved for them first? If the answer is zero, guess what I do first? I don't go ask for a favor. I go and establish that relationship by giving. So you need two pieces. You need current position. You need desired position. And it often helps to say, here's what I've already done. So that's a, a PS. Current position, where you're looking to go, and a very specific question as it relates to that. Do you recognize the quality of the answer that you're going to get within that frame? And that all happens within, within about 15 seconds, which is frankly, I mean, not with me. You guys can have more time with me. But if you're with a Gary V type or a Michael Jordan type, you're going to have 15 seconds. 
or so to really strike when that's hot. Although I'm not a, a one in 100% alignment with the Dave Ramsey model, but I was able to in college at the time I was, I got to go to out to dinner and sat next to Dave and his wife. And we did this uh, convocation type of thing in college. And I knew that that was an opportunity because at the time I was like 18, I was like really following him closely. And so we had this, like, I wasn't able to talk to him at dinner because there was like people around him and all that, but we were able to go up and get a picture. And I had about three seconds. In fact, they said, don't talk to Dave, go take your picture and then be done. I knew I had to break the rules. You guys know me. I'm I like to shake things up. I went up and I took the picture with him. And then immediately, in fact, the, the photographer took two snaps. One was the picture. And I immediately turned and then I gave him this pitch, right? I gave him the frame. I said, hey, Dave, been a big fan of your stuff. I've been promoting all of your courses to people here in the college who want to remain debt-free. And I had this idea for a more teen-focused, a teen or college-focused curriculum. And I just wanted to see like, what, what do you think would be the best steps for me to launch this, right? So I'm saying, how can I promote your brand? So I gave, and then I said, how am I going to promote your brand further through this idea? He turns to me and, me, and the, the people the people were saying, no, you can't talk to him. Don't talk to him. They're trying to stop. And he's like, hang on a second. Like he shut them down for a minute and said, hang on, hang on a second. It's okay. Lines of people back behind there. He turns to me and he's like, here's the number to my personal assistant. Call them and just say, hey, uh, this, is, this is Jordan. And I spoke to Dave. I'd like to get a, a call booked. The next day, I was able to get on with the entire executive team to pitch this idea. Truth be told, at, at the end, I was able to pitch the whole thing. They loved it. Uh, shortly afterwards, his daughter launched a teen and uh, college uh, curriculum, which was what. So I clearly was not, <laughs> not involved. But shortly thereafter, the, the idea did exist. Right. But you never know what that can can bring for you. Right. That was that small opportunity where it starts with a giver frame, clarity within the question, and even the propensity to give even more can get you into the most elite circles, give you the most opportunity, and really help you to win. You guys see how that works? So with that, um, I'm going to show you guys uh, my screen here and give you guys some examples, but I'd love for anyone here to even jump off. If you, if you have a question, and even whether it's practice or you say, hey, this is something I really want to get clarity on, throw your name down in the chat and we'll pull you up um, to ask a question. Again, it does not have to be perfect and you don't have to establish to me a giving mindset, right? We're in a kind of a different space here, but I wanted to give you the framework for outside of this community and also to help you guys to get clarity. My goal is for each one of you to walk away from this call with what you need to get to the next step. Question, although, you know, that submitted in kind of video format and outside of what we just kind of talked about here, I think for those who, if I were to synopsize the question, it's how do I put something out there where the success rate is so high that people cannot possibly object to the quality of the programming or buying it and expecting an ROI? We're asking the question, how do I create a product that has unbelievably high success rate? Often where a thought process goes in a program like that, or in a question like this is, I want to be known for results and therefore eliminate any objections to people buying my programs or people complaining or chargebacks, refunds, and those kinds of things. So I need to like reframe the thought process here. So number one, let me give this to this gift to all of you because it's changed my life. I think it's really important for those who care deeply about client success and about your product being successful. That is the mark of someone who truly cares and that matters. That's an ethical and responsible perspective to have on your products and you should always maintain that. However, 
Here's the line. You are not responsible for how other people show up. You are responsible for how you show up. You're not responsible for how other people show up. You're responsible for how you show up. I think every person on the planet, every every author who puts out a book wants 100% of those people to get unbelievable results from having read that book or have the most mind-blowing experience. Every movie director wants people wants every person in the country to go watch this movie and say that it's the best movie ever. Wants people to believe this is the best course that I've ever been through and ever 100% of people to get results. I would say that reality and expectations are in this particular question not aligning. It's literally impossible for 100% of people to have the perfect experience through a conveyor belt process. Think about it this way. When Doritos puts out a bunch of chips, a bunch of bags, right? It's the same process. They've It's all gone through the same thing. We want everyone to be happy. They still get some of the products are bad. Some people have a bad experience. Some people hate it. Some people return it. Some people complain to their staff. And there's a percentage of the world who just straight up is not going to A, consume or B, fall in love with your stuff. And you're going to have to embrace that and develop some thick skin around that because every ethical entrepreneur which I believe all of you to be, wants your product and your clients to be successful through your process. But when we create such an impossible standard of perfection that has to be maintained for the entirety of all customers, we will never launch that product ever. I promise you, you'll never launch. And they don't, the people who truly would appreciate your gift and appreciate your product and what you're actually putting out, they don't get the gift. They're being robbed of the gift because we think, our level of perfectionism isn't good enough. So when I create products now, my version of like, this is 50% good is other people's 150% good. They're not in your brain. They don't know what you know. And when we hold ourselves to a standard of perfectionism, we A, don't launch. And then we tend to make our products, especially information products, more complicated than they need to be because we're trying to impress people. When you try to impress people, you make things complex. But if you want them to get results, you need to make it simple. Simplifying processes is the method. It is the path for people to be successful using your products or programs or courses. And frankly, what they invest in in your products is virtually irrelevant through this mindset. It's all of it. Anything that you put out to the world you need to believe that this product has a likelihood of guiding people to where they want to go. This product, by the way, it is impossible to create a 100% success rate. It's very, 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 very hard to have a 90% success rate. There are agencies who are the king buyers of Facebook ads or YouTube ads, and they're the best in the world. They don't have 90% success rates. So holding yourself to a standard that even the best in the world do not hold themselves to is kind of irrational. So to frame this in a way that I hope is helpful is your version of 50% helping them where it's like, oh, I'm not really sure if this is good is probably more than they'll ever need. If you're wondering, how do I put out a marketing product to help people to be successful? They're going to be buying that product because they have almost nothing. If you help them to get number one, some offer clarity, jumping onto a call, or there's a process to help them to establish themselves, to brand themselves, Two, to exist online so they actually have an infrastructure, a, a site or a funnel, some way for people to believe them right, and to have some authority. I'd suggest an authority funnel for that type of a, a use case. And just how to get some traffic into their world is already more than they have ever had before. I, I think if you were to create for yourself an expectation that you need to deliver a single product that's going to solve their world's problems... And they're going to be like, everything's gone now. It's going to create for you an imbalance. And 
a level of perfectionism that's going to really hold you back and steal from them your gift. My suggestion to you would be run 10 people, create a hypothesis, run 10 people through a pro program or a process that you can hypothesize, right? It doesn't need to be built. Say it's a $2,000 program. You can charge a thousand bucks for it. You're going to work with them for eight to 12 weeks or even just 30 days and say, hey, we're going to help you to build your business using systems and automation. And you literally go step by step and say, okay, everyone here needs offer clarity. Okay, let's do that. Everyone here needs to have a presence online if they're going to be doing internet marketing. Let's do that. That right there is more than they've ever had. Then they need some type of traffic flow. They need some visitors coming to them. They need to be able to talk to people, often leveraging some organic strategies to get some of that traffic. Let's all do that. And then finally, how do I convert those people, which is getting people onto a phone call and having a relational and enrolling conversation. These are all skills, right? So I'll leave it on this point. Don't sell the end goal, sell the process that helps them to get there because you are not their savior. You are their guide. Read Story Brand by Donald Miller. It's a great way to, to frame some of this. And I think it'll help to eliminate some of that perfectionism. And by the way, for any of you guys who feel this way, I applaud you because you have clearly ethics and morals behind you that you want people to be successful, right? But what I'm saying is that if you hold yourself to an impossible level of perfection, you are actually eliminating people's ability to be successful because you're not getting it out there. I am not selling a result to people in your mind. Think about this. I'm not selling. When you talk to them, you're selling the result, right? But in yeah. your own mind, you know that hiding the broccoli and the chocolate means I'm selling them the systems that have a, a higher likelihood than they have right now of seeing that result, right? We don't attach to the result, attach to the process. You know, if you guys were to work with us through the core process, where we work directly to build your systems, there are so many light bulb moments that have to occur between clarity or process or, oh, I didn't know that that's a thing I need to know. Or when I'm in sales, that line is so critical in framing how people work with me so that they're excited instead of scared to invest. It's like all these small little dominoes need to fall. So when you are enrolling people, the North Star is where they want to go. You are the guide to help them get there, but they have to show up. People in all of my programs have, you have to show up. You have to do what you need to do. And I'm also going to show up and give more than you'll ever expect. That is my promise to you, is that I will give, I will be that giver. I will do anything within my power to help, but they have to show up in your programs as well or not walk at all. And then or good luck getting to the top of Everest. I think it's really helpful and impactful to reframe our own beliefs around client results and give everything within our power to do so. And to communicate, that's what we do is that we give everything within our power to help them get there, right? And if we're going to come 90, they have to come 10, but really it's more of a 50, 50, like, all right, I'm going to guide you. I'm not pulling you to the top of Everest with a rope. You know, I'm going to walk side by side and show you, Hey, there's a, there's a hole right there. Don't step there. Oh, cool. All right. Let's go around this way. Okay. So even on calls, like the North star for everyone here, if you guys are doing, I don't care if you're doing a video sales letter, which is a VSL. If you guys are doing ads, if you're doing a webinar in all of your emails, always keep in mind the frame of the North star. So Alex is in network marketing. So a lot of people in network marketing want is easier or faster and growing a team within their organization, right? One hook that worked really well when I was consulting with some other people in that space is, hey, here's how we enroll five to 15 excited enrollments every month. So we're demonstrating, hey, here's how we, here's some processes for us to do this end result. But when we talk about it, we say, all right, here's how 
we go about getting five to 15 enrollments every month. Number one, we need to have offer clarity. Number two, we need to establish our brand online. Number three, we need lead flow. And four, we need conversions. So then we say, here's how we go about doing that. And if they attach themselves to that process and see that that process leads them to their North Star, that's when a conversion occurs. People who are like, I just need the money. I just need this done for me. You say, it's a bad, it's a bad perspective for them, right? 100%, um, especially in the world we live in right now, where you can't often meet people in person or that's more rare. Um, Gary V, for if we take that as an example, if you do any research into some of these people, you'll often find the channels that they choose to communicate on. So to take this model and say, hey, I want to network with these high-level individuals, you can do some research to find that often they're either really active on Twitter, really active on Instagram, or probably last place would be Facebook and or LinkedIn. Rarely would they read emails. So like cold emailing people, it'll just go straight to spam or they'll like ignore it or their executive assistants. Did you guys know that you can literally email Jeff Bezos? His email is jeff at amazon.com. And I've done it. You can email him. And in some cases, actually in all cases, you'll get a response. You'll get a response from someone directly on, on his team. And uh, in certain cases, he might actually contact you directly in, cer in certain spots, right? So his that's his actual personal email and he's put it out there. I actually put my personal email, jordan at dropfunnels.com on the front page of Drop Funnels, right? So by doing a little bit of research, people are, you'll be able to find the channel that people like to communicate on. Um, what a lot of people are doing is either Twitter or Instagram personal mess messages directly on their social platform. And what you can do in that case is say, Hey Gary, I've been, I've loved your stuff for last 10 years. I've been promoting this X, Y, Z thing that he's really excited about. Maybe he has a charity or something that he's really excited. Hey, I love charity water. I'm a big promoter of them as well. And then you can kind of get into that question. Do you mind if I just get a piece of your advice? Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm looking to do. And sometimes he'll text you like, and they can kick off some of that relationship. I mean, keep in mind, he's probably getting thousands of those a day. But when you go into it with that frame, whether it's in person, even over email or through DMs, that frame is so unique that no one else is doing it. Everyone's like, hey, can you give me this thing? Can you give me this for free? Can you teach me this? You know, and they're just like pulling from him. But when it's a giving frame, that tends to stand out. So you're in the world of creating, of doing an exercise and you're doing this thing. But let's imagine that you ask that same question to Gary V, who has no idea what 3.2 is, what 5.1 is, and you're, you're trying to get clarity on the specific activity that you're inside, but they aren't, how can you communicate the question with clarity so that they have some frame to help you, right? So the answer I just gave you is entirely surmised from, from what I just heard, but I have no idea where you're at. I have no idea what exercise you're on. Like I, I don't have any of those, the notes in front of me or any of that information. To ask a better question for me to give you a better answer or really anyone to give you a better answer would be, Hey, I'm doing this exercise and I'm looking to come up with one sentence that summarizes the problems that my target market has, right? You need to know how to ask that question in a way to get the best answer, which is I need one sentence to encapsulate what my target audience is struggling with. Here's a couple of things that they are. How do I say that in one to five words? People will fear or run from an effect, not the causation. So if, if I don't want to die from lung cancer, I would be afraid of, of getting lung cancer. Okay. But if a hundred percent of people are actually legitimately afraid of lung cancer, they would not smoke. Right. So the causation of lung cancer is cigarettes. So if you're talking about lack of vocal confidence, that's cigarette smoking. That's the effect. It's I'm terrified to sing in front of a crowd. Why is that causation? 
because I have a lack of vocal confidence. I would say that people are really afraid of that end result, which is I'm afraid to sing in front of a crowd. The causation of that is, hey, you're probably really afraid to sing in front of a crowd. And we tend to think that that's because X, Y, Z reason that they think. It's really because you have a lack of vocal confidence. So here's how you go address that issue about vocal confidence. This, this, and this. So when you solve this, this goes away and then you get your heaven. Like paint the picture, what they're really afraid of and what's the process. Remember guys, in anything, anything that you're doing, I want you to all wrap your mind around the fact that there's a process for every output in life. Everything is a process, right? So if you are trying to help a market to get a specific result, you guys with me? I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible. You're trying to get a target market to receive a specific output or end result. You keep, you need to be able to communicate that you understand that that's the thing that they fear. They fear lung cancer or not, not even lung cancer, dying from lung cancer. They, and they are afraid of singing in front of a crowd because of embarrassment, you know, or, or any of those things. Right. But then we say, that's what you're afraid of. If you do or don't want this end result, this is the process that helps you to get that. I'm telling you guys, this will change all of your worlds. For anyone who's struggling with, I'm not sure how to, and we've been talking a lot about results here, right? Guaranteed results or making sure that they get what they need, or I'm not sure how to make sure that they feel like my process is the best process to get them there. It's two things. Number one is understanding that the effect is that you can communicate that better than even they can. Lack of vocal confidence. They'll probably never say that phrase before, but they're afraid of not being able to sing in front of a crowd. So you say, are you afraid of not being able to sing in front of a crowd? Here's why that happens. It's often because of a lack of vocal confidence. So we have a process to help eliminate that lack of confidence, which gives you the boldness to step out in full belief that you can do this and absolutely rock it and never be embarrassed or afraid to sing in front of a crowd again, right? We're selling the process, not like the pain or getting out of the pain, right? They know that they need that, but they need some mechanism. They need a tool. If I'm going to like build a clubhouse, I'm like, oh, I really want a clubhouse, but I'm just not sure how. Hey, you know what? I know a lot of people, they want to build a clubhouse for their kids, but they're not really carpenters. And one of the main things they have is like, they don't, they don't really have the plans or the tools. They're not really sure where to start. So I've got this clubhouse. <laughs> this is so dumb. The clubhouse accelerator program. I'm going to give you the exact plans, the exact tools. And in fact, source all of the materials for you in a step-by-step -step guide to ensure that you never have those questions so that you can get your clubhouse built in a weekend, right? I'm not talking about, hey, here's a clubhouse. I mean, I could do that if it's a done-for-you service, right? But if it's like, I really want to build it, I'm just not sure how, right? For them, it's they want to sing boldly and confidently in front of a crowd. They're not sure how. Okay, great. Here's the clubhouse accelerator. Here's the vocal accelerator. This is the plan, the process, the tools. This is what we focus on. And when you have this, you get this. If I can't find peace, if I'm restless at night and my product is CBD, hey, I know that you felt that way. You're probably out of balance. Uh, your health isn't really where it needs to be. You're neurotic or anxious all the time. I've got this very special blend of CBD oil. And you can take it once at night and once in the morning. And over about 30 days, you're going to see these feelings start to melt away. Al, for you and your leadership consulting, hey, your team is not being fully efficient. They're spending a ton of extra budget on things that they don't need to be. There's a lot of time theft because they aren't focused and diligent on the highest revenue generating activities or leading their teams very well. So instead, we have this leadership accelerator. We're going to go step by step to ensure they have the game plan, ensure they know how to enact and implement it, and support and accountability systems to guarantee that it stays in place so that this never happens again. You can see how I'm not saying like, 
hey, we're going to solve your leadership problems. We're going to solve your anxiety problems. We're going to solve your clubhouse or anxiety problems. Instead, we say, I have a process. And when you have this process, it eliminates this. That also, by the way, gets you off the hook for them not showing up. If I've got a health program, you know, for 80 year olds who want six packs, right? <laughs> like we talked about earlier and the 80 year old doesn't show up. Well, then he didn't do the process. Therefore it doesn't deserve the result. So I know that was a bit of a Jordo rant. So I'm sure that you are all okay with some of that, but reframe your mind instead of attaching to outcomes, both for you and for clients attached to processes, attached to systems, methods, and mechanisms, but love you all. Appreciate you all ask good questions and you'll get great answers. See you next time.